Hello and welcome back to Freeball, the volleyball podcast. I'm Cam. And I'm Louie. Episode 8. Yeah, a huge thank you to Mark Garcia Kid for filling in while I was uh, away. Inspiring, once again, the youth of tomorrow. Yeah, drowning in books and tests. Youth of tomorrow? Yeah, youth of youth, today. Youth, they're, they're, <laughs> they're the youth now. They're going to be the future of the adults of tomorrow. The leaders of tomorrow. Yeah, we you, we missed you. We did we did miss you though last oh, week. Mark did a good job. He did a he did a great job. He, um, he was he took control of the ship well. Yeah, he he was awesome. Today though, it's another day, another episode, and uh, we're excited. This guest today is a big is one. Huge. Silver medal in London 2012, bronze in Rio de Janeiro 2016, world championship winner in 2014. A silver in the World Cup in Japan in 2011, bronze in the World Cup in Japan 2015, two other medals in the World Grand Champions Cup, and then three golds in the World Grand Prix, and a gold in the FIVB Nations League last year. That's quite a resume. And if you can guess it before the start, that's uh, that's going to be impressive. And without looking at the title of the episode. Yeah, please don't look at the title of the episode. But before we get into that, we have some big news from the world of volleyball, don't we? There's been so much going on, really. The CUV have just been pumping out the news last week. Uh, the first bit of news is that there's a change of format for the Champions League, which instead of being two final fours, it's just going to be a finals weekend in Berlin. The CUV have got a great relationship with Berlin. Berlin is one of the most watched cities for volleyball in Europe. They call it the Volleyball Temple. The Volleyball Temple. I wonder who lives there. <laughs> uh, but they've, they've gone to Berlin and it's going to be unbelievable. And it's gone from two final fours. So women would be one weekend, men the other in two separate cities. You'd see semi-finals followed by bronze medal, gold medal match, which would be a great weekend of volleyball. But instead, they're going to have a semi-finals weekend that then is going to link into the finals weekend in Berlin. Yeah, wow. It's going to be unbelievable. You're going to have two two finals for men and women. And I think that's just going to bring everyone together. And it's going to increase the, the crowd, the people watching. And I think it's going to be great for the sport. I think so too. I think, like, I think it's important to have the men's and women's game on like an even playing field sort of thing like when you've got a sport like volleyball where it like the women's game is as popular as the men's you should be promoting that that togetherness as much as you can i think yeah if anything this podcast has maybe taught us is that the women's game is potentially more popular at times than the men's as well like the yeah, definitely. we're getting is it's crazy and now the the money's the same so the prize money's very similar yeah it's looking like it's it's going to be a great great time for indoor volleyball in the cv doing a great job good job uh, what about the Champions League what's going on there Champions League was really entertaining last week Lube bounced back from losing the Italian Cup final to Perugia um, that means that they've qualified outright already top of their group they beat Modena in the Italian derby Modena are without Mika Christensen so get well soon we already mentioned that before and Medena also lost to Lube at the weekend. It was the same fixture two in a row, but they lost 3-0 and it was really unconvincing from Medena, but Jeez. impressive from Lube, who just seemed to keep getting better. But remember, they've lost seven finals in a row now. <laughs> um, really Not struggling. that you're putting the curse on them or anything. Oh, they just can't win a final. But they, they might be in Berlin as well at the end of the year. Um, also, through their groups um, in top position, Zenit Kazan, Zenit St. Petersburg, and Perugia as well. So the two sides from Italy, two sides from Russia, once again showing their dominance on what Russian volleyball and Italian volleyball have in the world. And that's about it. There's going to be some hot games because in the men's competition, there's still a lot of places that are undecided. Spare a thought for Mosaic from Belgium, who were 2-0 up against Berlin Recycling Volleys last week with British coach Joel Banks at the helm. So props to him for doing such a great job. Having a British coach in the Champions League <laughs> is incredible. But they were 2-0 up and then... Uh, had four match points and lost oh. to Berlin. And that's, that's cost them, that's, that's sort of cost them dearly. So Danska flying, and there's still three places up for grabs to go through on the 27th of February. It should be a really, really fun end to those group stages of the CUV Champions League. Should be really good. Brilliant. It's going to be really cool to see how it all pans out and see how the finals turn out. Yeah, I think so too. And have a look this week uh, on our Instagram and our social media pages. We're going to be giving some previews to the women's competition and what's coming, coming up on that side of the draw. And in some uh, exciting freeball news, we actually have appeared, well, a thread about our podcast has appeared on a great volleyball website called Volley Country. Don't do it, Cam. Don't do it. Don't do what? <laughs> Don't bring it up. Um, one of our 
it's actually really good. Lots of people are discussing how good the uh, the episode is and how like the things they're enjoying. One of the uh, users, Cisco95, has brought up uh, Louis' pronunciation of some of the players' names, which is quite good as well. Yeah, so for those who don't know, um, I guess I was a volleyball coach first and still am a volleyball coach at heart, but I went into the commentary world and do quite a lot of commentaries for the FIVB. So Cisco thought she would pull out my poor pronunciation of the word Kiri Keller, which is her name, and I would call her Kirichiella <laughs> for, the, for, for the competition. And it's very difficult to yeah, keep pronouncing every name that you work on when you work on teams from... Pronouncing. Yeah, <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> when you work from teams from China, Italy, France... And they all have different different yeah. little sounds little and rules about the uh, the names and stuff. Yeah, and actually throughout that whole stage, I was so I was focused so much on the Chinese pronunciations. It's you crazy. Just sort of, you just sort of let the European ones go because you're like, oh, I can sort of figure those. Yeah, out. not yeah, a, li- a little bit maybe got got a little bit complacent, and it's just the way that I read it. And even though I knew that it was Kiri Keller, I just saw the ch and went. Critchiella. Yeah. Because okay. in, in the UK, it's a bit different with yeah. the way that you pronounce your, C, your CHs. Um, but yeah, in China, for example, if you get a few names wrong or the last name and the surname is the other way around, you just get hounded. Yeah. Um, so I was very, yeah, very uh, protective over my Chinese pronunciations, which so far were flawless. <laughs> but yeah, if, you, if there's any... Uh... If there's any volleyball chat you want to get involved in, there's some amazing like forums that you can go on there. There's a few about volleyball couples and just like amazing videos. And uh, if there's anything you want to get involved in, or if you like, there's lots of people that are asking us to discuss certain topics and stuff on there. So jump on there, have a chat, have a look, see what people are talking about. Yeah, like Padar, for example, literally listed about three thousand names of top volleyball players that he wanted to come on the show. So Padar. We're working on it, mate. Yeah, we're doing our best. Yeah, we're doing our best to get Zaitsev, Christiansen, all those 300 movie stars that, that you want. <laughs> we'll, we'll do our best. All right, should we, uh, should we introduce our guest? For those people who haven't read the name of the episode and who didn't guess from our long list of achievements. Yeah, one of the best players that plays the game. And when we think about guests who have been on the show before, they're big point scorers and that's important but this guest seems to just contribute in every way shape and form of the game so service line defense passing spiking blocking she's a top point scorer she's got awards for defense and serving as well i think it was everything except setting yeah which is impossible when you play as a wing (laughs) spiker (laughs) you never know you could be a great out of system spiker as well but this is an episode dedicated to the legend and the really lovely lady that was Jordan Larson. Enjoy, everybody. Welcome to Freeball, the volleyball podcast. Jordan Larson, <laughs> legend, legend of the game. How lucky are we? It's Christmas. I'm a bit starstruck. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, you guys are too kind. <laughs> it's, it's like Christmas all over again in, in February. What's, what's going on? Um, thank, yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, How's, how's the season going? How's Turkey and how's Akshakabasi going? Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, uh, we, uh, yeah, have had a great season so far. Really nothing to complain about. Obviously, we're, we were a little bit disappointed how global championships turned out. But um, overall, we were kind of still somewhat of a new team at that point. So I think that since then, we've definitely grown and are, are uh, figuring out each other more. And we've had some new new teammates come on board so i think that's that's been important for us and um yeah we're just rolling right now so can't complain yeah you can't you can't uh be beaten in turkey can you say again i said you just can't be beaten in turkey yeah no we've been pretty lucky we've actually yeah i've done a pretty nice job and um yeah i've just competed hard and i think that's kind of what makes us good is every game we just approach the same and have the same mentality so Amazing. Brilliant. And how is it, how's it being captain? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I think they're... Captain America. I mean, it's a great honor, obviously. And uh, I have been very lucky to play for two very prestigious clubs, um, for Dinamo Kazan and now here. And um, the fact that I've been able to remain at both clubs now for five years is, is huge. And um, I'm definitely... I love it here. I'm comfortable here. And I think they... 
they believe in me, which I appreciate. And, um, I'm just, but I feel like I'm just myself and I'm just approaching my job every single day the same. And so, um, I think that consistency has helped, um, kind of, I guess, being named that prestigious award, kind of, uh, not award, I shouldn't say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you're, in a, you're in a team of superstars as well, like yourself included. So it must be quite inspiring to go to work every day. Um, yeah. with, with the talent yeah. that you've got, it's, 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 it's pretty incredible. For sure, for sure, definitely. In the five years I've been here, we've had many uh, athletes come through, many players, and it's been fun to learn from every single one. And um, obviously now, yeah, we have great talent. And I think even better, they're great people, and they work really hard. You know, when you had uh, Tika on earlier, and uh, she just is, for being 21 years old, I mean, you can't, like she just works so hard and is so humble and I just respect her so much and it's so fun to go to work with her every single day and be able to play against someone so talented and with someone so talented. That's good. Like seeing your seeing your like your your Instagram and the club's Instagram, it looks like you guys are really close and just really get along well. Yeah, definitely. We yeah, we all have this like mutual respect for each other every day. Come every everybody comes to work you know, just happy to be there and happy to get to play alongside just really good people. And um, obviously there's a pretty significant age gap between me and Tika, but I think that the fact that we can all relate and be on the same page is huge, so. Yeah, that's, how do you, how do you lead um, in that sort of environment? How do you lead T Tika? Do you like, hey Tika, it's gonna be okay? <laughs> or do you turn around to her and she's not playing well and go, oi Boscovich, sort your shit out. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly no uh i just try to be supportive you know every time she gets set i'm like hey reach high hey uh you know just trying to give her like little nuggets of information that maybe i mean she part she already knows you know she's well versed in the sport and um but just little things like hey maybe watch for this next time or you know just little things like that that um my years of experience can maybe help her you know just you know, play to play or something like that. But I really try to just let her do her thing. I mean, she's very talented and uh, can hit the crap out of the ball. And that's what, you know, as well. So why, why change any of that, you know? So I just try to let her be herself and I'm myself and we just go and compete, so. I actually, I actually got trolled because of you, uh, Larson, where, uh, at the World <laughs> Club Champs, you, you made something like 15 digs uh, oh, you scored something like 20 to 25 points. So I was obviously talking about how well you were playing and actually yeah. was referring to you to carrying the team. I think it was yeah. against maybe Minus or something. And um, hey. I just got like three messages from Chinese people saying, um, can you please mention someone else apart from Larson? <laughs> um, please stop going on about Larson and talk about somebody else. And I was like, okay, whatever. So yeah, it's not just Boscovich in that team who, uh, yeah, he's crushing it. You're, you're also yeah. obviously the linchpin of it too. Which yeah. Is, now I was looking back at some of your like individual achievements. You've gotten uh, a best receiver award, a best server award, a best blocker award, and a best spiker award. Like, apart from setting, <laughs> you, you you're literally like the best at everything. Yeah. No. I I don't know. I just growing up, I just always was pretty good at all of the things. You know, I never definitely wasn't like a standout in one, and I think that uh, that. I feel like this is what made me like who I am is that I'm kind of just good at a lot of things and I can contribute in a lot of ways. So I think it just kind of depends on the match really and the setup and you know where I feel like I can contribute the most during the match and those are the areas that I feel like I gravitate towards and so um, all, all of them. Kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. So I just yeah, just try to be you know, say for example, like one team is just serving me literally every single ball. I know that game, like maybe offensively, I'm not going to be like the top scorer, but I have to be consistent passing so that my teammates can be, you know, the attackers or the point scorers during the game, if that makes sense. So I just have to kind of judge each game, like how, how am I going to approach it and what area of the game am I really going to have to contribute in that area? So if I'm good at all these skills, therefore I'm going to be consistent and at a high level does that make sense yeah well that's really cool that you can sort of consciously almost think about which part of the game you're going to be focusing on 
Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that's what I've tried to tried to do. I don't know if I do it all the time, but I try to approach every single game like that. So <laughs> I love that. I love the fact that when you're as as a wing spiker as well, that there's going to be times where you're getting a lot of the ball, especially because you're Jordan Larson. Um, that you you'll get you'll get served to try and get out of rhythm. Um, for the for the offensive stuff, but you almost surrender and you let your ego go because there's a lot of people that would want to be the best receiver and also still score, yeah, 25 points in a game. Um, and I think that's a real ma- like a mature thing to say to anybody who, who's who's listening, who, who's playing that if you're getting served, then just worry about passing the ball and, and yeah. let the others score. That's that's really absolutely. Cool. And I think that is what makes this this sport so special. You know, it's you can't. For me, I, you can't do it alone. Like, you can't win a Maybe unless you're Tika, you can win a match alone, you know, by the points she's scoring. But, like, I know I can't win a game by myself, and me trying to take on all the responsibility is not going to help us win. So if I can articulate or kind of compartmentalize those uh, areas of the game, then I feel like I can contribute in the best way that my team needs on that day. That's amazing. Can, can we take it back to the start? Am, am I sure. right in thinking that you are from a place, excuse me if I'm wrong, you're from Nebraska, but is it is yep. it is it Hooper or Hopper? Hooper. Hooper. And how many uh-huh. people live there? How do people live there? That's, you said how many people live there yeah. or how do people live there? How, how, how many? What's, what's the <laughs> population? Many, what I don't know how people live there either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that it was like 826 people or something, or Jeez. roughly 900 people uh, at one point. Um, very, very small. Uh, my dad's a farmer. Uh, I grew up in town, and my parents were divorced, so I kind of grew up in town and on the farm. So very, very small town. My high school was consolidated, so it was basically five small town, five or six small towns into one high school. And, yeah, it, it was... It was a great, um, yeah, it was a great learning experience. I definitely could not go back there again <laughs> as far as like living in such a small town, but uh, I'm grateful for where I came from and how, how I grew up. Did you, did you start playing volleyball in high school or did you not start until you got to college? Yeah, so I started like kind of YMCA, like youth, like eight years old probably. So I started playing like a lot of sports, but volleyball at that time as well. My uh, mom and my stepdad were kind of my coaches during that time. And then I just kind of progressively got better. And then I started playing like our version of club volleyball uh, at the age of 12, where I started kind of traveling um, all over the country in a sense and playing tournaments and yeah, and then haven't stopped since. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. A small town in Nebraska has developed you, but we've got 8 million people in London and we still can't squeeze out a volleyball team. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know how that, I don't know how that works. How that works, yeah. yeah. That's a great story. I was actually, um, I think it might be while you're at college, I was reading something one day um, about how a coach of yours um, benched you for not playing good enough defense and didn't put you back on. Is that true? Uh, yes, she did. It was in high school, I believe. If I remember the article that you're talking about, yeah, she uh, is now actually my best friend's mother. She's <laughs> yeah. very close still. And uh, yeah, she, I don't know, they, I've been very blessed to have a lot of great coaches along the way that have each taught me a lesson. I play defense. That's a, like what we were talking about, how I can contribute. You know, there's a lot of ways I can contribute and playing defense is one of those. And I think that was her point in that moment was like, hey, Jordan, we don't need you just for spiking. You know, you have to play defense so you can help your teammates. So I think that was a very, very uh, good life lesson for me at that time. I coach Cam. I'm going to I'm gonna pull him off yeah. <laughs> for exactly the same reason next week. <laughs> yeah. I'm an opposite, so I just spy. I'm gonna teach him the same lesson. Um, it's, a, it's a cool story though, because it, it just I, I read it and it was it was quite a, it was a nice read, and yeah, oh. I, I can't quite remember the, the the facts, but I remember the fact that it was it, it was obviously you, and it didn't quite um yeah you got you got pulled off for, for that reason. Um, yeah. So then you were at Nebraska, which is obviously it's quite a prestigious. Um, college for, for volleyball, a three-time All-American. Excuse me for my ignorance, but what on earth is an All-American? 
I've never known this in all my life in following sport. Actually, for me to be able to define it, I'm not sure. So basically, they do like first team All American, second team All American, third team All American, mm-hmm. and then honorable mention. So basically, it's all Division One, um, and then I think Division Two is a separate entity i could be getting this wrong i'm not sure but um basically they take all the top teams and then you're selected upon like a team of 12 people so it's like the 12 top wow. like athletes of division one volleyball if like, that makes a, like sense. an all-star 12 sort of thing yeah. exactly exactly so it's kind of a just an honor at the end of the season that they give you and yeah and you got that three times Three times, yeah. How, one was one was an all-American, so I don't or an honorable mention, so I don't know if that actually counts. So two. Kind of, how yeah. many years did you play there? Four. Oh wow! Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's amazing. Just, just the first year when you're standing. Yeah. Into actually, um, I, I was lucky to go. I mean, Nebraska was definitely prestigious and still is at the, the, this time, and so I think I was very lucky to be where I was at and on the team that I was at and with the people that I was playing with. So. So so good. I actually saw a clip of um, clip of you. Uh, it was a tweet a while ago, of you winning the two thousand and eight, I think, and it went to you on the outside. And you put the ball away, and the commentators just absolutely losing his shit. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was a great clip. It was really cool. Yeah, no, it was yeah. Two thousand eight was my senior year. We were down o two, and we came back and won in five, and it was a away game. And we were down nine to three, probably the biggest deficit I've ever been in the fi- in the fifth set. And we came back and won, and it was the most epic comeback I think of, yeah ever been a part of. Wow, and that's amazing. Yeah, it was it was unreal. So it was fun. Any any of your teams still playing from from two thousand? From then, um, they're not. The last one that was playing on that team was Kayla Banworth, and she was our libero for the 2016 Rio Games. So I'm the lone survivor here. So. <laughs> leading, leading charge. Talking of, um, like, let's talk some national team, I guess. We have to. You're, okay. a world, you're a world champion from 2014. That must have been really special because of the six times... The USA were runners up to then yeah go and go and take the gold is a special time. Yeah, definitely it was unreal. I mean, and uh, we we got in by the skin of our teeth. You know, we needed Italy to win uh, against Russia for us to make it to the final four, and uh, they did. I remember sitting in the hotel like just begging for them to pull it out, you know. And we we got in, and then we played Brazil in the semifinal, and then China in the final, and it was. Unreal, uh, the most unreal experience, and the fact that it was the first in USA volleyball history is, I mean, you can't, you can't top that. So yeah, uh, and oh, well, I like in that same sort of vein. Like, are you like you've had some medal successes at the Olympics? You had bronze in twenty sixteen, silver in London. Are um, you are you personally looking for Tokyo next year? Like you're gonna planning to play that? Yeah, I, I mean, I would love to. Obviously, it, you know, it always comes down to the to the last couple of weeks if I if I make the cut. But I I definitely hope to be there. I think Tokyo is going to be amazing. I think they're going to do. Japan always does a great job of hosting. So I can only imagine what the Olympics is going to be like. Um, London was phenomenal. Rio was great, and uh, and I think that you know we've never won gold, so it's always. You know, in the back of our mind to try and go for it, and yeah. you know, why not try? So honestly, I can't. I still can't believe that you've never won gold. If I'm honest, like it, it's it's something that, and and the same with the guys with the world championships. Like it's just something that I can't really believe when when it's said to me that the, the uh, American women have never won a gold medal in the Olympics. When you look at the the environment, like the NCAA, like you, you just. Like you have so many athletes in such a competitive environment that other oh, countries absolutely. don't have. So what's it going to take? That's a great question. I we're still trying to figure it out. Honestly, <laughs> we get so close, and it's yeah. And honestly, I think that we had opportunities in 2016. I mean, you know, it was a five-set match against Serbia, and I mean, it could have gone either way. It was a two-point match to go to the final, and. You know, we were undefeated up until that point. So who's to say that we couldn't have won, you know? And um, we just had, you know, some unfortunate events that kind of outplayed. And um, 
yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the factor is, but I know that our st- our staff, our coaching staff is hard at work and all of us are all over the world trying to get better and um, yeah, in hopes to, to do it together. So when when does that when does that run up start to happen? Like when do you get the call up and say, right, we're gonna start training or we're gonna everyone's coming back together and the national team yeah, stuff so, starts. Yeah, every summer we train, um, and there's a series of tournaments every single summer. Um, so now when the club season ends in May, then we go directly to the national team. Uh, BNL starts, I think the last club tournament, Champions League Final Four, if we make it, hopefully, uh, is May 18th, and then literally that next Tuesday is BNL. So <laughs> it's, there's zero time off. So, uh, yeah, and this year is a big year. It's the Olympic qualifier year. So we have the qualification process in order to actually get into We have to get into the Olympics first before we can actually go. So uh, that's an important thing for this year. And then basically it's about two weeks out from the Olympics of the Olympic year is when they actually, like, announce the team. But we're training two and a half months, you know, leading up into that. If you talk about like the time in which we start and when the cut happens. So we we were speaking to Lonica Slochez last week. Well, actually the the, the episode went out. I don't know if you caught it. Um, Yeah, I need to get, I need to download it. Yeah. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She, she was saying about just the burnout factor of the season. It just keeps going and going and going. And this year with VNL, well, you went straight from playing in Turkey to playing VNL, which was really yep. successful for you guys. You won the VNL, the first ever one, and you lifted the trophy, which is awesome. But then you had the world champs at the end of the year. And yep. forgive me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think you hit your, your top performance as a squad. And was that yep. just because of the length of the season? Were you tired? And you, was it a periodized thing? Or like how? What, what do you think the factor was of playing so well in the VNL to then... Obviously, taking a fifth, which is great in the world champs, but it wasn't where you wanted yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I have an answer for you. That's tough. I don't know. Um, I think we kind of there's definitely a freshness, like when we come overseas, in a sense of like, hey, we're back together again. Like we're excited to be in the gym. Like we're excited to get better. And I think that as the summer went on, like we were definitely excited, but it definitely was a grind, you know, like BNL was long, you know, traveling all that time and then coming back and having some time off, but then again, you know, ramping it up again. And, um, but I just, I don't think, like you said, we didn't hit our peak at world championships. We did not, I don't think we were gelling as much as we were at BNL. And I'm not sure, you know, the reason behind that. I think we're still all trying to search for that answer. And I think we're all trying to individually get better in the areas that maybe we were lacking at world championships. But that's why it's sport, right? And that's why we all love it, because there are some things you just can't, you just can't explain with it. Like it, that's why we, we love it as well, the day to day process of stuff. In, interesting. Um, yeah. Anything you want to say on World Champs? Well, no, not really. Like just that. Just it must be insane the amount of games you're playing. Like when do you get to go home? <laughs> oh. Um, so I was. So after World Championships, I actually flew straight to Turkey because my best friend, Faluka, she's also on the national team. She got married like two weeks after World Championships. So I told Turkey I would fly here. I played the, the cup and then I flew home for three days. And then I got to go home like for New Year around for like five to six days. And then I won't go home again until May. Oh, so um, yeah, and we have been playing literally every three days. So it's, yeah, it's been, it's been gnarly, but I feel like our coaching staff here, they do a, a good job of trying to monitor us like health wise and kind of rotating everybody. Like everybody's getting the opportunity to play. And, um, I think that's huge to both stay physically in good shape and mentally, you know, somewhat sharp. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. So exactly Bassi take care of, well, they, I can see at the club champs, they take care of you massively. Yeah. Isn't it? And there's, yeah. a, there's a big rivalry between you and Vikith Bank as well within within reason. Is that right? Is, um, is yeah, that a wrong thing to say? Like it's actually quite a serious thing. Yeah, for sure, and it's very competitive. Obviously, they're a very uh, respected club and have a lot of talent as well. And uh, it's always a fun game. Uh, we play them here in a couple of weeks, so it's gonna be gonna be fun to see who wins. Yeah, it's funny. Even um, 
I hope they don't mind me saying this if this does go out and they actually listen, but even at the World Club Championships, we went on a excursion for a day and it was really cool, but Samal was there and also out from Fakif Bank and I was like in between the two of them. They, they weren't really like overly warm to each other and went over, it, was, it was really funny, <laughs> but also completely un understandable. Obviously, like, we want, like, and we congratulated them after they won, and they congratulated us, you know, it's definitely the fact that a Turkish team is winning these events, I think, is huge for Turkey, right? And so I think that is behind the factor of, like, that's a good goal for the country and things like that. But ultimately, I mean, as a competitor, you know, as a club, you want to win everything, you know? So obviously it's, uh, that rival is, is definitely there, and it, but it's a healthy, healthy rival, you know? I, somebody told me the other day that women's volleyball and, and Ekzakabasi Vakif Bank have done more for like women's rights in Turkey than anything else. Like apparently it's been huge. Oh yeah, unbelievable. And just I think uh, what our comp like the company in which that owns our team, just how they run their company is um, excuse me how they run their company is unbelievable. Just the way they empower women, women in sports, and um, we just won an award this year. Um, for being, uh, I actually I should know actually what it is. It's like the Olympic <laughs> Committee Women's Rights, um, and just empowering women in sports. So I think it's it was huge for our club, and I think it's just huge for this part of the world as well. Yeah, I think so. And women's volleyball is dope. It's amazing. Like for there's sure. so many good games, and it's in such a good place at the minute. And there's so many superstars and great athletes. It, it should yeah. be like it really should be. It's it's unreal. It's, yeah, it's really cool. absolutely. Um, Dynamo Kazan, you were honoured there last week, right? You had a star and your number was retired. Yeah. That's legendary. I, yeah, I, goodness, trying to summarise that. I didn't know what to expect. They actually contacted me maybe a year ago, just like, hey, like, we'd love to have you come out. Like, we want to honour you. You know, I didn't know what that meant and what, so... When I went there, they're like, hey, you know, you're going to come to the gym and we have this new, like, volleyball hall of fame kind of thing and uh, the history of volleyball. And I, again, didn't know what to expect. They didn't tell me anything. And uh, the fact that I was able to, like, literally have a star on the, like, like, <laughs> like the Hollywood, like, stars, like, it was unbelievable. And then, like, they did my handprint and then I got to write something. And I've never in my life would have ever thought that would be possible it was unreal that's cool so. proper like proper celebrity proper superstar yeah yeah no it was it was really really cool so doing yeah. amazing things for international relations between russia and america as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just yeah exactly, exactly. Woman. incredible yeah, yeah. That, that's really cool yeah. and then obviously you won yeah. that you won that game as well right yeah, for sure. Yep, we did. But they they played well. They're they're a young team, and uh, yeah, they definitely have. Um, yeah, they they can definitely win some matches this year for sure. What why is it that you you feel like you've been at clubs for five years at a time? Is it just because you get com comfortable there, or you get a good relationship? Because there's so many players that just jump from club to club, and that's yeah, that's not you, which is I, yeah. I think is admirable. Yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely am a comfort zone kind of person in a sense of like, no, my surroundings, but I like to push the envelope as far as like being out of my comfort zone, um, like striving for my goals and stuff like that. But I just feel I've been a part of two clubs that just have really appreciated what I have brought to the game and what I've brought to their club. So I've just been lucky that every year that I've decided to stay, they've just honored that and, and welcomed me, you know, whole, wholeheartedly. So I've been very, very lucky. I, I don't know what it would be like to jump from club to club. It honestly is so foreign to me and I, it would be really hard for me. Well, what could, what, what's your like sort of future hold? Do you know, or can you say? Um, yeah, I really, <laughs> I, I don't know. Honestly, I was thinking, um, maybe to take this next year off uh, and just prepare at home uh, for the Olympics. And maybe that is the missing factor. We talk about, you know, like um, a lot of these 
uh, other countries, national teams, they get to play in their country, you know, like we are never home and we never get to like actually like train together in our system per se until it's like the summer months, you know? So I thought about, do I just take some time off and just stay at home and get stronger or worry, worry about my body? I'm dealing with kind of a small foot issue. And, um, but, uh, I know that, um, I will have opportunities to play. It's just kind of like where and where I decide to play. So, what do you? Why do you think there's not like a, a a big women's league or a big volleyball league in America? Like, oh, I think a lot of people are trying to answer that question, and I don't know. If, I I don't I don't know. I think there's just so many other avenues that we have. You know, with NBA. Yeah. And, you know, Major League Baseball. You know NFL. You know there's just so many other sports that have such a following that it's just so hard to get started. I know a lot of people have tried to get it started, um, but it's just there hasn't been the funding behind it. And but you think like like for example, my university we sell out eight thousand a night, eight thousand a night, and like I would hate to know the average seat price. Yeah. You know for the games and it's crazy to me that like that can't be carried over to like the professional level, you know? And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's That's crazy. It. Like the college system is the college competition is massive. It's huge. Massive. Everybody knows the NCAA. Everybody knows that. How, yeah. how crazy is it that for a lot of athletes that playing until the age of 23 is like the pinnacle of the career. And, and that's like, I don't, I, I can't understand how for so many players in the USA, 23 is like, that's it, that's the biggest. And then from there, I, I'm done. I know, it's crazy. It is, yeah, it is crazy when you think about that. And, but then, you, you know, you talk to some people over here that like, really love our system. You know, it's like the fact that we were able to go to school and be able to play volleyball at the same time. And, you know, it's like how, like there has to be a way to integrate that, you know, mm-hmm. like how do we create that and and why, why can't we, you know? So, yeah. Do you find that Americans pay attention to world volleyball or just primarily to American volleyball? Because I was having this discussion with a friend and we didn't think that they paid, no offense, like the system's great, but to world volleyball, not as much. Yeah, no, I, I would absolutely agree with you. I Unfortunately, I don't think they do unless they know someone that's in it, you know, like for example, like my family follows, right? But it's, it's everybody outside, like they don't know what it means. You know, even for me growing up, I was like, well, I want to play professionally, but what does that look like? And what does that mean? I had no idea, you know, until I literally graduated or was a junior in college and had some sort of idea of what that looked like, or even on the national team, you know, what does this life look like? No, nobody really knows. And, and it's, it is sad. It's sad because it's, there is such a, the fact that I've been playing now, my 10th season overseas like it's crazy to me you know and like there is a life and there's a possibility and there's a possibility to earn good money and set yourself up for for a long time so it's like we've we've talked about this a lot like so i'm from australia louis obviously english but it's australia england and america where it's so bizarre that this sport isn't bigger because you go anywhere else you go all through europe and asia and south america and it is massive even yeah. the Philippines. The Philippines is massive. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I think that it seems like it's more, and I, this could be wrong, but like, it's more of a prestigious thing in those areas to own a club. And they're not concerned about, like, earning any sort of, like, in- income in return. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, like, it seems like it would be tough in America for that to happen because people, they want to earn money off their investment, if that makes sense. If they're investing in these things, they want to earn some sort of return. And I don't know if a volatile program could actually do that. I don't know. Is that, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah it makes a yeah. lot of sense from, from where I come from as well. Yeah. For sure. A um, few quick questions. How's, how's playing for Karch? Karch is obviously a, a legend of the game, so... Yeah, definitely. He's he's great. Um, I got to play with him all the years that he has coached. So as an assistant coach and now as a head coach, and uh, it's just always fun to pick his brain and to you know when I when you ask me about what's next, you know, it's kind of like, hey, Karch, what did you do at this point in your career? Like, what what made you transition to the beach? Hey, like what you know, like the fact that you can like ask those questions to him is like so cool, you know, and 
Um, but also he is a competitor and he wants to win and he um, just has a great mind for the game. Yes, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, he's actually the only person, I, I don't get stage fright very often, um, but I got really shy and decided not to talk to him in Japan. I had the perfect opportunity. No! He was like six feet over there. And I was like, yeah, my, I come from a volleyball family too. And his book was always in the shelf. And yeah, I just decided to... Um, I don't know. Yeah, I thought I was going to say, like, shit my pants and walk the other. I was like, I do So yeah. Oh, he would love it, I'm sure, if you came out and talked to him. And he would sit there and, like, for sure talk yeah. to you for, I'm sure, I'll, like, if he had time, hours. Yeah. He's a great person. Yeah, yeah. Is, is he as um, into growth um, as much as he, he sort of says? And growth, uh, growth mindset is a, is a buzzword yes. for sure, but I think yep. you guys incorporate it really nicely into what you do. Um, yeah, definitely. And he's as, o he's, he's as open and the environment is as open as you, as you think? For sure, I think so. I mean, I always feel like I can definitely voice how I'm feeling and like we're both in it together. And I think that's what I pride our national team in is like we are just all a bunch of individuals trying to be the best that we can be and why not try and learn from each other and continue to grow and I think that he has that approach and um, one of the many things that I appreciate about him. Yeah and how is how is Hugh McCutcheon because he's, he's another one that I, I look back as being a coach first and and reading and studying and stuff so just a it's a bit of a personal, selfish question, but it's, it's something yeah, I would like to know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, he's a phenomenal coach. Uh, I, I wouldn't be where I am today, for sure, without him, um, like, technically-wise. Like, he has an eye for the game as far as how... Let me put this straight. Like, I got to the team, and I thought I was pretty good. And then he's like, yeah, we need to make you, like, more efficient player. So I had to relearn basically how to do everything. I was a pretty good passer, but I had to relearn how to pass. I had to relearn how to approach, um, you know, all these different things. But I bought into, like, his system and, like, what he saw. And I feel like because of that, I have been able to be at the level in which I'm at. So, um yeah, he, he just has a great eye and a great ta like vision of how like volleyball should look. That's cool. And then yeah. that, that gets passed down and I know a couple of I've never actually met Jamie Morrison but I'm really impressed with him. Like I yeah. think he's a product of product of all these guys and Giovanni Galetti too. So like from the Fair. outside he, he excites me as a coach, which is yeah, me just loving volleyball. Um, yeah. and also David Hum was another guy that was it impressed me when I met him too, so don't know what the future holds, but I think that the coaching is yeah, is pretty set for your national team for a while, right? Yeah, definitely. We were we were very lucky to have a great staff, and we were sad to see J Jamie grow, but I know Netherlands are doing a great job now, and uh, they're in great hands. And um, yeah, Jamie's phenomenal guy and so nice. And again, he just has an eye for the game. Sure, so. Surely one day that that position's got his name written all over it, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm sure. I, I don't know. I don't have the inside <laughs> scoop. <laughs> Me neither. I'm just... I'm just, just he wanted to come back. Shit. He probably could, for sure. Yeah, so. that's, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> Alright, we've got a few uh, like quick-fire questions for you. Oh no, I was trying to prep my mind for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure, no pressure. Okay. Alright, so we're going to hit you with these ones. You don't have to... It doesn't have to be long, it's all good. Um, so what's your best volleyball memory? At the Olympics? Yeah. Yeah, wicked. And what's your worst volleyball memory? <laughs> worst? Uh, you, don't, you don't like digging up old, old bad things, Jordan? Junior national team, I was running like an X2 combination and somehow I forgot to take my last two steps and just face planted. <laughs> And then, like, continue to roll under the net. And, like, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, is she okay? Like, they actually thought I was, like, injured. I was like, no, no, I'm just, I just fell, you know. So it was, yeah, the worst, worst experience. So. We'll, have, we'll have to find that somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure, I'm, sure we, I'm sure we can dig that out. Weirdest thing that you have seen in volleyball? Uh, I think there's a YouTube video of a guy that, set a ball and then came around and hit it and then everybody was like 
wait a minute. Like, on the other team, they're like, no, no, no. Like, the guy just said it to himself and hit it, and the referee's like, no way. Like, he yeah. totally scored. <laughs> they scored the point. Yeah, that's the weirdest. One of the weirdest, for sure. That's a good one. Um, who do you who do you really love playing with? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can pick one person, honestly. I've been really blessed to have a lot of people. Yeah, I can't. That's fair. That's, that's fair enough. Fair. That's a tough. That's a tough question to put you on the I spot. I would with. actually. I mean, I would say obviously Faluka is my best friend, and I love her dear, dearly. Um, I would say her and probably Kim Hill. Kim Hill is one of the most um, like. You meet her and she's like so kind and sweet, but like such a fierce competitor on the court, and like just like just love like pumps her teammates up and I just so appreciate that and she's just a lot of fun to play next to you. Brilliant. That's really cool. Who's, who's the best player that you've played against or who do you hate playing against? Wow. These are supposed to be quick answers. <laughs> It's alright. Um, we've, we've got we've got a good editor. He can he can make it sound <laughs> like you said straight away. Yeah, yeah. Trust yeah. me. Uh, I would probably say Tika for sure. She's yeah, kind of a yeah thorn in my side sometimes. <laughs> How do you work in the block against somebody like? Obviously, you have a game plan, but like she hits such good angles um, from such yeah such big heights that. Yeah, the, there's, there's moments when I wish we had another person on the court, you know, like just because she can hit everywhere and over, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, our defense has to be really good behind the block. We can try and set up as good as we can, but we have to be able to be ready to, to pursue. Uh, is, there a, is there a dream club that you'd want to play for? I feel like... I'm here. Yeah, I was gonna say you know you're in a you're in a superstar club yeah. now. Yeah. Um, if you weren't playing for America, if you weren't playing for the USA, is there another country you'd want to play for? Can I answer that question? <laughs> I don't know. I'd play for Japan. <laughs> but, um, I love Japan. I could play for Japan for sure. Um, yeah, maybe I'll just say Japan. I like Japan. You get. Yeah. I think you get set every ball. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I love their culture. I love their people. They're so kind, and they work so hard. So I, yeah, I, I like Japan. That's a good answer. That's awesome. And have you seen any like weird celebrations? Have you seen like anyone go a little bit too crazy when they've got a kill block on you, or yeah, it's like this is Jordan Larson, and I've just just roofed her, and I'm gonna go a bit crazy. Couple, I've seen a couple screams to the net, you know, like watch yourself, you know, but nothing like too too crazy, not that I can remember, anyways. Uh, I've got one more little one. If you had to pick a beach partner, if you had to go, if you had to stop indoor today and you had to go play beach, you could pick anyone to play beach with. Who would you pick? There's a joke going around that me and Kim Hill in 2024, but don't. <laughs> I, I didn't, I, no yeah. way, no way. We've got the inside no. scoop. We've got the exclusive. Yeah, I was saying that you could, get, you could win Manhattan and you could have your star at Man, Manhattan. Yeah. There you go. You just got to convince her. No, I, when yeah, I was, I there, I was trying to... her. I think she'd be great. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Do you think Do you think that's a real a possibility for you to play beach for... Oh, uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm... I want kids at some point in my life, and uh, I'm not sure when that's going to happen, but um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm open to anything. I'm, I think I'm just trying to live in as much of the present as I can, um, but also be aware of the projected future and what opportunities may come, but um, I'm living closer to the beach now, so the possibility of that happening are, are pretty high. Cool. That's, that's really cool. Now, yeah. um, you might have heard in the other episodes, but we ask all of our guests to pick a dream seven. So if you had yeah. to put together the best seven players from any generation, any club, any country, who would you pick? Have you prepped for this one? I have. I did. <laughs> that was like, uh, I actually was speaking with David Hunt before we came on this podcast. I was like, 
are you prepped for the top seven? <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And so uh, I definitely, I was like, I think I would pick exactly how Tika picked. I think that she, that lineup seems very good for me. And uh, I don't remember who she picked as libero, um, but um, I would probably pick our libero here, Simge. Yeah. I really like her. I, I think she's a fantastic teammate, and she does just a really good job. So, but what Tika picked was Tika, Maya, uh, Razic, Faluka, me, and Zoo, I think. If I, right, we have to include ourselves. That's yeah, you can, or you, yeah, that's, I think that's a pretty yeah. solid, a, a solid yeah. seven. And then um, so, she had Monica De Janeiro, I think, as a Liberic, yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's solid. Is there a, if you have a dream seven that you've actually played in the same team as, who would you pick? There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, I played with both Maya and Tika. I would keep those the same. I would keep Faluka, uh, Maya Poyak, and I uh, Kim here. Yeah, Kim. Kim yeah. That's, that's uh -huh. awesome. There you go. We had we had to pee on the spot somehow. <laughs> Couldn't let you relax. Yeah. Um, how is yeah. how is David Hunt doing? Because I haven't seen him for three or four years, and he was he took the job at Pepperdine, right? He did, and he's doing very well. He's ex he loves the job. Obviously, he loves Pepperdine, and uh, they're doing pretty good this year. So, and uh, yeah, I just I love picking his brain, just his coach's brain, and uh, he knows he has a good eye for the game, and he knows what he's talking about, and uh, has a great perspective on, and just a different angle. You know, sometimes as a player, you get so narrow focused and narrow, you know, minded a little bit. But, it just has like, well, what do you like? This is what the coach maybe thinks about this, and this is what maybe this player is thinking. Maybe you should approach it this way. And um, I just really appreciate that. And um, yeah, and plus he's just a phenomenal person. So yeah, he's a really nice guy. Remember, make sure you remember him to me when um yeah when you speak to him. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. You've been, yeah. It's no, been amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, that's great. I'm really, I'm so glad you guys have decided to do this. This is great for our sport, and I wish you guys the best of luck. And yeah, thank, thank you. you for good, me on. good luck for the rest of the season. We'll be following thank your you. progress closely. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. That's amazing. Delight. See you guys. You take care. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye-bye. What a lovely lady. That was a brilliant chat. We've got, when you look at the best players in the world that we've had on, Sloches, Boscovich, Larson, on the female side, in the men's side, it's exactly the same. It's no different. But they've just been so genuine mm. and they just want to help this podcast grow. And just help, well, just help the sport grow. Yeah, I think so. And I'm, I'm hoping this is where we're doing some, some good. All right. Um, that was, brings us to the end. Oh, there was one thing that we didn't quite know was that throughout this episode, we talked about David Hunt, who's coaching Pepperdine. And I remember meeting him in Italy, actually, in 2014 Women's World Championship in Bari. I had to think about that one then. And he was really nice and open and uh, really, really a, a great guy. So he mentioned him as somebody as a great coach and didn't realise that he's actually in a relationship with Jordan Larson until I went through <laughs> Jordan's Instagram last week. So, yeah, totally, uh, totally messed up there. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. Great episode as well. Uh, yeah. Another champion, just an absolute rock star. But we want to keep these episodes, we want to keep them coming your way. Yeah. And so please get out there, like us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, comment, post things about us, tell all your friends, put us in your story, make sure you're sharing the episodes, make sure you're listening to the episodes and commenting on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere else. Yeah, and make sure you just, if you want someone to come on the show, comment on the threads of Volley Country and things like that, or our Instagram. But make sure you are in touch with us. And we'd also like to take this moment and opportunity to just say thank you to Volleyverse, who is a media partner of ours, posting to the Philippines and beyond this podcast, and also Volley Country as well, who have been really helpful in actually giving this platform without us knowing, knowing really where it'd come from. Yeah. There's this whole community talking about the podcast, which is awesome. Great. So we'll uh, see you next week.